0: Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. You're listening to Sword in Hand Podcast. Bible-believing preaching emanating from Indian Gap Baptist Church deep in the heart of Texas. Definitely not politically correct, but glorifying Jesus Christ in every way. So let's join in in progress. A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. The fool rageth and is confident. Now skip down to verse 26. Skip down to verse 26. Talks about the fool raging and is confident. Look now, look up down to verse 26. And the fear of the Lord is strong, confidence, and his children shall have a place a refuge. This morning I want to preach about confidence. Confidence. What you should be confident in and some things you shouldn't be confident in. So the Bible's making it plain here that there's a a bad confidence and a good confidence. Back in verse 16 A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. So the fool has a confidence he shouldn't be confident in. But there's a good confidence found in verse 26, and the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. So there's a good confidence and a bad confidence. There's a strong confidence. There's an evil confidence. There's an overconfidence. And there's one thing I see in this country today is there's an overconfidence that God's going to take care of this country no matter how we live. They think we're going to live however we're going to want to live and act however we want to act and God's still going to take care of us and God's still going to be our protector and God bless America. And they got this strong confidence about it. And I had, a, I had an encounter, I think Joker actually was there, I had an encounter with somebody from the garage and we were kind of talking about this stuff and, I kind of twisted him the wrong way cuz I know he took me as being anti-America that I'm and I'm not I'm not pro-America and I'm not I'm not against America. I live in this country. I love America. But I'm not overconfident. I'm not foolish is it enough to think that we can keep living like we're living in this country and acting like we're acting in this country and I'm talking about Christians. Acting in a certain way. I'm not talking about the heathen. I'm talking about Christians acting like we act in this country and that God's not going to do something to us. Yeah. And we can't, we can't be overconfident about it. So let's look at some things. Not, first, let's look at some things not to be confident about because there's some things definitely not to ha- put your confidence in. And you can find those in Psalms. Look at Psalm chapter 118. Let's look first at some things not to be, put your confidence in. There's definitely some things not to be confident in and not to be overconfident. First one's found in Psalms 118, verse 8. Verse 8. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Amen. Amen. So the Bible tells us it's better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in man. Don't trust men. You, you know, you don't have to live long in this world to realize don't put your confidence in men. Don't put your trust in men. They're going to they're gonna fail you. They're only flesh. They're sinners. A man might tell you something to look you in the face. He might shake your hand and he might really, really mean it when he tells you something. And then, he, and in his heart of hearts, he means he's going to fulfill that promise that he just promised you. But something he's going to walk off and he might, something might happen. He might not fulfill it. He's not God. He, he, he doesn't control the very breadth of his life. He might promise you something that he can't keep because he might die tonight. Or tomorrow, or some other illness might come into his life. Some man might promise you something. God's not like that. You need to put your trust in the Lord. He's the one that controls everything. Put your trust in the Lord that, than to put confidence in man. Look at the next one. Look at verse 9. Here's somebody else not to put confidence in. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princesses. What is a princess? Well, for us, a prince would be a political leader somebody who's like a scientist, a political leader, uh, a professor, a teacher, don't trust them. <laughs> if they go against the Lord God Almighty, don't trust them. And if you have any kind of sense, any kind of sense that God's given a brass monkey, you won't trust a political leader. <laughs> I mean, you'll know better than that. And I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat or a liberal or a libertarian or whatever you are—not whatever you think you are, don't trust any of them. I'll give you some examples. President Bush, read my lips, no new taxes. Y'all remember that? Here's something from Obama. I do not support gay marriage. Those are actual quotes. Y'all know better than that, than to trust them. Don't trust politicians. It doesn't matter what the government says. It doesn't matter if the gov- what the government legalizes. It's what the Bible says. So many people, so many, I mean, even Christians are living by like, well, the, it's not illegal. It don't matter if it's illegal or not. It's what does the, God, the Word of God say about that subject, yeah. if it's illegal or not. If it's legal for me to do it or not, it don't matter. I don't care what a politician tells me. I'm not putting my confidence in any kind of politician. You know, the Spartans, they were known as being great warriors. And they were one of the greatest warriors ever raised up in this world, the Spartans. And Philip Macedon, he was going to come in and he was going to conquer them. And he sent him a letter and he says, If I go into Lacedon, I'm going to brace that thing to the ground. I'm going to lower it to the ground. If I, if I go into Lacedon, I'm going to lower it to the ground. He sent that message to the Spartans. And the Spartans sent back one word as a message. They sent back a messenger with one word. And that one word they sent back to Philip was simply this. If, if, if you go into here. <laughs> the one word is If. See, were, he was overconfident. You're, you're overconfident in what you're going to do. First, you've got to do this. If. That's a great word. If. If. Let's look at another one. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Don't be overconfident in something like man or politics. And I'll, and we'll give, an, I'll give you another one. Philippians, the Bible tells us. Here's another one that no Christian should be confident in. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. Here's another one not to be, put your confidence in. We're talking about confidence. And the world will tell you, you need to be confident. You need to be confident. And I'm showing you the things not to be confident in. Look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. Paul says here, For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Christian? I don't care who you are or how strong a Christian you think you are. Do never, ever put confidence in this flesh. Woo! Do not ever trust yourself. Don't put confidence in your flesh. What I just tell you, you might, you might honestly say, put your hand in somebody's hand and shake their hand and say, you can rely on me, you can count on me, I'll be there, I promise you. and You can say all kinds of stuff, but man has no control over that, only God. And you should always say, Lord willing, I'm going to do this. Or Lord willing, I'm going to do that. Lord willing, I don't die. Or Lord willing, and the cricks don't rise. You ever hear the old people say that? Amen. That's what we have to say out here at Indian Gap. Lord willing, and the bridge is not out. You know, the bridge went out. Now we're having to drive 20 miles out of the way. Lord willing, who knows what the Lord's going to do? We don't put any confidence in the flesh. You don't trust yourself. If you're honest with yourself, you'll be honest enough to say you've let yourself down. I've let myself down. You might have let yourself down in a diet. Ooh, that hits close to home, doesn't it? I'm going to go on this diet, and I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And the next thing you know, you're just stuffing your face. I'm going to stop eating this. I'm going to stop eating that. And the next thing you know, you're eating it, and you're not. You're letting yourself down. Do not put any confidence in this flesh. Sin is running through this flesh. You cannot trust it. Paul says, I know what dwelleth in me, and what dwelleth in me dwelleth no good thing. Talking about in his flesh. In my flesh dwelleth no good thing. We know that, so don't trust it. So, let's go to the good stuff. Let's talk about things you can put your confidence in. That's what I'm excited about. Turn back to Ephesians chapter 3. Let's talk about things you can put your confidence in. You can put your confidence in. Yeah, it amazes me how confident lost people are. They're so confident about things They're so confident that they're going the right way. They're so confident that the way they're living or the the lifestyle they're living is the right way. And the Bible tells us there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. You might think you're on the right path. You might think you're going the right way, but man, death is waiting right around the corner. And you shouldn't be as confident as you think you are. Look at Ephesians chapter 3. Look at verse 12. For us, this is how confidence begins. In whom... We have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him. By the faith of who? By the faith of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ every christian's confidence our confidence begins with faith in jesus christ my confidence in my life is jesus christ i'm confident that when i lay down and close my eyes if i wasn't to wake up i'm going to wake up in the arms of jesus that's my confidence my confidence is that jesus christ has got things under control my confidence when I see what's going on in the world with the government and the politics and, and what we see with all these murders and killings, my confidence is that Jesus Christ is coming back. He's going to clean this mess up. That's my confidence. I have confidence in that. See, if you're living out in the world and you don't have Jesus Christ, you have no confidence. Just what's, why are you so confident things are going to get better? <laughs> There's no confidence, things are just getting worse. And work, right when you think they can't kill more than 70 people at a time, they show up and they kill up 80-something at a time. Right when you think, we're so confident, we got all the security here, we can pop these fireworks off in Paris, and we don't have to worry about anybody coming in here, and we got all these policemen around here, and what happens? He comes in there and kills 80-something of them. You're putting your confidence in the wrong thing. You're putting your confidence in man. You're putting your confidence in the government. You need to put your confidence in God. And guys, listen to me. As Christians, don't ever fall, fall for trying to put your confidence in a gun. We as Christians, we're bad about that. And I believe in gun rights, but we put a lot of our confidence. Well, i got a gun, and if somebody breaks in my house, I've got this gun to protect you. Listen, why don't you pray to Jesus Christ to protect your house? Why don't you pray to Jesus Christ to protect you? Because if somebody breaks in your house, you pull that gun out. I've had a gun a lot of times jam on me. Put your confidence in God. We got our, but our confidence begins with Jesus Christ. Man's confidence usually plays out with things like this. Man's confidence usually plays out with things like, you want to bet? When a man's confident, he'll say, you want to bet me? <laughs> yeah. I work with a guy that I don't know, that's one of his favorite words, you want to bet. And we, it was my boss, and I rode with this guy. And for years, we'd ride together, and he was my boss, and we were picking stuff up, and I'd say, man, I don't think we can pick that pile of brush up. He goes, you want to bet? No, no, I don't want to bet you. I knew better. Well, this one guy started working for us. His name was William. And this sucker, he would fall for that every single time. They'd pull up to a pile of brush, and he'd say, I don't think we can get all that on there. And Brent, this guy Brent, my boss, would say, you want to bet? And William would say, yeah, how much you want to bet? Like $10, $20? He would lose it every time. Lose that bet every time. It didn't matter what bet it was. And I finally had to tell him, listen. I pulled William to the side. Listen to me, man. You don't understand Brent. You've got to understand Brent. He's not going to say you want to bet unless he's 100% positive he's going to win that bet. Are you 100% positive you're going to win that bet with Jesus Christ? Amen. I've got a bet that Jesus Christ is going to keep my soul until I get to heaven. i got that bet. I want, you want to bet me? So many people, so many lost men and women, they're placing the bet of their soul on, I don't bet Jesus Christ is who he says he is. I bet he's not. I bet it's not true. I bet that when we die, it's just nothing. I bet, man, that's a long bet. That's some long odds you've got against you. You say, why do you say that, brother? How can you say that that's long odds? How do you know? See, I'm placing my bet on Jesus Christ thanks to this book right here. It's called the Bible. I've been studying this thing for 20-odd years, and it's amazing. I've never found an error in it. And as a matter of fact, the more I study it, the more amazing it is. And you won't find any problems. As a matter of fact, this Bible tells you what's going to happen before it happens, and it's been doing that for thousands of years. It's been right for thousands of Even about science. When this Bible speaks on science, it's right. When this Bible speaks on philosophy, it's right. When this Bible speaks on finances, it's right. When this Bible speaks on marriage counseling, it's right. When this Bible speaks on sexuality, it's right. I've got the facts to back it up. So when you place a bet against this Bible and against what this Bible says about Jesus Christ, my friend, that's a long bet. You're like William making a bet against 100%. You're not going to win it. My bet's on Jesus Christ. You know, this guy was a sailor, and he had been in a shipwreck, and he was clinging onto a rock, and the tide was real high, and he was clinging on that rock, and the tide finally went down. After the shipwreck, the tide went down, and they came and rescued that sailor, and one of the other sailors was pulling him up on the ship, and he said, man, I don't know how you were doing. You were on that rock. He said, weren't you afraid? He goes, weren't you just shaking with fear when you were on that rock? He said, yeah, I was shaking, but the rock wasn't. Yeah, I was shaking. But the rock wasn't. Woo! Yeah, this old sinner right here, sometimes I get a little fearful. This old sinner, sometimes I do some things I shouldn't do. But my rock, my rock is firm, and my rock is Jesus Christ. Amen, my rock is Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 28. Turn to Acts chapter 28. Let's look at the very last verse, book of Acts. Acts chapter 28. Look at the very last one there. We're looking at what we're going to put our confidence in. What are we going to put our confidence in? I'm putting my confidence in Jesus Christ. That's what my confidence is in. It's in Jesus Christ. But look at Acts chapter 28. Now look at verse 30 to get the context of this verse here. And Paul, Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him. Now he's a prisoner here. But look what he does in verse 31. Look what Paul was doing. Verse 31. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding Him. Guys, we need to have confidence to preach the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Where's your confidence? Why why do you have such confidence, Brother King? I'm confident because I got the right one. (laughs) I've got the right one. See, uh, when you get to studying this book, you can't help when you get to studying the Word of God. Brother Martin probably knows this. You get to in the Word of God, it takes you to studying other false religions. You run into Jehovah's Witnesses. You run into Mormons. You run into uh, Church of Christ. You run into all kinds of people who will give you different doctrinal stands or different false teachings of the Word of God. And you can't do nothing but help yourself. You've got to go find out, are they telling the truth? What are they talking about? And when you're studying that, and you get to studying them, you get to finding out about them, and when you get to studying like a Mormon's, and you get really digging deep in the Mormons, I go into the Mormons, and I study the Mormons, and you know what happens when I come out from a study of the Mormons? I say, I've got the right one. (laughs) I got the right one. And when I get to studying the Jehovah's Witness, and seeing what all they believe and teach, and I get away from that mess, and I step back and I say, woo, I got the right one. I'm confident I've got the right gospel message in Jesus Christ. Amen. Guys, Paul was confident in prison. Prisoner of Jesus Christ. In prison, in bonds. People had forsaken him. He didn't look like he was ever going to get out. And Let me tell you something. Paul's about to get his head cut off. All of that, I'm confident that I've got the right message in Jesus Christ. This is mess going on over there in Scotland. So we just take for granted our country, and it's coming this way. This is an article that's over in Scotland. We had some uh, Prestonwood Baptist Church out of Plano, Texas. They had their choir over there, and they're evidently jumping over from country to country over in Europe, and they're singing as a choir, going to these different malls and these different places of business, singing as a choir, this Baptist church, Prestonwood Baptist Church. They're over singing. Well, man, they got over to Scotland. And this is what they called them. Christian youth choir likened to Nazis and ISIS. That's what they're likened to. Commentators in Scotland are aghast that a youth choir from a Christian church in America were allowed to perform at a shopping center in Edinburgh, comparing the young people from Texas to Nazis and ISIS. This is what the quote is from this this columnist. What message, message does it send when a shopping center welcomes this kind of musical Trojan horse? into a Scottish city. And where do we draw the line? This lady's, or lady or man's name is Shona Craven. <laughs> the last name is Craven. Is that not appropriate or what? <laughs> you know your last name is tied to what you used to be, right? My, my wife's maiden name is Smith. Uh, her family were Smiths, blacksmiths. You know, my, my last name is Hall. My family, evidently, there were hallways, and people would walk down us and step on us or something like that. But your last name usually was tied to what you were. Make you think of having the last name Craven. This is what she said, a neo-Nazi puppet show. They called this uh, choir singing songs about Jesus Christ a neo-Nazi puppet show at the Giles Shopping Center. Magic tricks by Islamic State at, at the galleries. I'm sure most Scots are far too savvy to be taken in by evangelical showmanship. But that's not really the point. As a nation, we should be stating clearly that bigots are not welcome here. Woo, they're calling these poor Christian kids bigots for singing about Jesus Christ. So they asked the guy that owns a shopping center, asked him uh, what, what he thought about this. And he says, uh, I didn't see anything that would, uh, he said, when I heard them singing, he said, I didn't see anything that would upset anybody. He said, I was unaware of their views and my views are completely different. Yeah, you coward. But the plaza was packed and it was well received. He said, yeah, it was packed out. People were really receiving these people singing about Jesus Christ. This is how they end it. Craven, meanwhile, this is what she wrote. Ticks every box on the ugly religious fundamentalism checklist. This is her ugly box. Homophobia. Transphobia, an obsession with sexual purity, and a firm anti-choice agenda thinly disguises concern for women's well-being. See, these kids are simply just singing about Jesus Christ, and they're called homophobes, transphobes, and they're saying that they're basically Nazis. If antisocial behavior is that which seeks to damage and disrupt the tolerance and compassion and respect for human rights that categorize our society, then this organization, talking about the Baptist singing, surely has the potential to do a great deal more harm than a few dozen delinquent teens getting high and making a nuisance of themselves. She said, I'd rather see them out there getting high on drugs than to be out there singing about Jesus Christ. Guys, this is America. This, see, this is the stuff I was reading about 10 years ago before it got to America. The stuff that's going on with Islam and the homosexuals. And now that kind of attitude, that's the attitude of a lot of Americans. Your belief about homosexuality and transgenders and your belief about abortion, they think that you're a hate monger. And they can't wait to get rid of you. But I got confidence... i got confidence. I've got the right message. The message that that Brother Keegan preaches is not my opinion. The message that Brother Keegan preaches is what the Word of God says. What does the Word of God say about transsexuals? What does the Word of God say about homosexuals? What does the Word of God say about abortion? What does the Word of God say about anything? My final authority is not what somebody writes or thinks or what even I think. This Bible goes against what I think half the time. Y'all know that. I kid around all the time. I kid around all the time, tell you, man, there's a verse right there I'd like to cut out of my Bible. I don't like it. It it goes against me. But I could cut that thing out and I could burn it, but it don't change a thing. The word of God is alive. It's the truth. It's the truth. Look at 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Because we got the confidence to say, we got the word of God. We got the message of Jesus Christ. Let's get out there and spread it. Nobody else is spreading it. They've got confidence in what they believe. This woman's so confident, she's writing in an article. She's, write, she's a columnist for this newspaper. And she's, she's confident and bold about what she's writing about. Guys, we need to be confident and bold about what we believe. Amen. Amen. You know, we had some idiots around here write stuff to the uh, Hamilton newspaper. And when I say idiots, that's, that's being kind. And they write some idiotic stuff to the Hamilton newspaper. And Sister Linda, I mean, she's, she jumps right on them. Praise the Lord. No, but she's band Amen. She's confident in what she believes about the Word of God. Amen. And it ain't because of me, it ain't because of this church, it's because she's got a book that tells her what she believes. And she's confident it's the right book. Are you confident? They're confident. Guys, you should have all the confidence in the world that you're on the right path, you're on the right way, and you got the right one in Jesus Christ. You don't have to know everything about the Word of God, but you should be confident and say, you know, I don't know what you believe, but I believe Jesus Christ saved me. I know He saved me, and I know I'm going to heaven. And just when you have the boldness and the confidence to say stuff like that that to people, it takes people back sometimes. People don't know how to handle that. When you just show a little bit of an authority about what you believe, that's what people are looking for. Because, see, people, so many people are wishy-washy. Well, I don't know. Nobody can know. Nobody can know if you're going to heaven. No, I know. I know I'm going to heaven. Well, nobody knows what's in, going to happen in the afterlife. Yeah, I know what's going to happen in the afterlife. <laughs> yeah, I know right there. It says right in there what's going to happen in the afterlife. Well, you're crazy. Well, maybe I'm crazy, but I'm confident. Amen. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. You need to have confidence in your prayer life. You need to have confidence in your prayer life. Verse 14, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. We have confidence that when I say my prayers, when I say a prayer to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the God the Father, I'm being heard I don't have confidence of being heard. Now, when I approach God every time, don't mean I'm right with the Lord every time. I'm not so confident as to say, well, I know God's happy with me. (laughs) There's lots of times I approach the Lord in prayer and I know the Lord's not happy with me and I've got to get down here and confess some things and I I need to get right. But I'm confident He hears me. And the Bible says if it's according to His will, He's going to grant it to me. I believe that. If it's God's will for it to happen, I think he'll get uh, get busy with it. But it's got to be his will. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if it's a yes answer, if it's a no answer, if it's a maybe answer, no matter what kind of answer, he did hear me. And I have confidence to say, God hears prayers. He does hear prayers. You know, uh, there was a black preacher and he was holding a, we hadn't had to do this in a while, Brother George, but he was holding a prayer meeting for rain. We hadn't had to do that in a long time. We were kind of, we we're thinking about holding a prayer meeting to ask the Lord to stop sending rain. He was a black man, was holding a prayer meeting of rain, and he called them all in. All his congregation came in, and the first thing he asked him, he says, Are y'all believe God's going to send us some rain? And of course, you know, amen, brother. You really believe God's going to send some rain? Amen, brother. And the next thing the black preacher asked was this, Where's your umbrella? Where's your umbrella? Hudson Taylor was a great missionary over to China. When Hudson Taylor went over to China, he was going over there and he was with this, he was on a ship that was full of a bunch of lost men, and they saw these cannibals on this island, and the wind had died down, there was no wind, and the captain came to him and said, uh, Mr. Taylor, we're about to be we're about to float right into this island, and there's some cannibals over there, they're, they're going to kill us. And if you if you believe in prayer, you better pray. The captain had the sails down for the ship, and, and uh, Mr. Taylor. Brother Taylor, Hudson Taylor, said, well, I'm not going to pray until you let down the sails. And the captain said, I'm not going to be a fool in front of my men and let down sails when we don't have no wind. And, and Taylor insisted, and he said, well, I'm not praying until you let down the sails. So the captain, because he was getting scared, obviously, amen, he said, okay, okay. Uh, he, so he let down the sails. And Mr. Taylor went down and started praying. And about, I don't know, five, ten minutes later, he had a knock at the door. And Mr. Taylor said, yes, sir. And the captain said, are you praying in there for wind? And uh, Brother Taylor said, yes, I am. And he said, will you please uh, stop because we've got more wind than we can handle. (laughs) Taylor believed God was going to listen to him. Taylor believed God was going to answer that prayer. You got your umbrella? Are you letting the sails down on the ship? You should be doing that before you get down to pray. I believe and I'm confident that God not only hears prayers, I'm confident God answers prayers. I'm confident to know that God loves me enough that he wants to help me in his cause. That God has a love for you and me that if we will step out for him in our confidence and boldness for Jesus Christ and hand a gospel tract to somebody or tell somebody about Jesus Christ or do some little something for, for God and for, in the name of Jesus Christ, that God's going to bless that and God's going to some, answer some amazing prayers for us. You're not going to answer it when you're laying on the couch or sitting on the couch watching TV. This is for people getting up serving the Lord. Serving the Lord. Philippians 1.6. Let's go to another one. Philippians 1, 1.6. We're getting close to closing. Philippians 1.6. Let's go back to the book of Philippians. This is one of the, this one of the main. This, the, the last two I'm going to give you real quick. This is one that drives a lot of denominations completely nuts about Baptists Baptist. Because we're so confident about this stuff. But I'm confident about this. This drives a lot of people who aren't Baptists completely nuts about the Baptist. Why? Because of verse 6. Being confident of this very thing. What's that? That he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm confident to know that when Jesus Christ said he's going to save me, he's going to save me, he's going to keep me, and he's going to get me to heaven. Amen. I believe in eternal security. And I'm confident enough to know that He that's begun a good work in me, he's begun it. He's doing it, not Brother Keegan, and he's going to finish it. I I didn't begin it. I'm not going to be the one working on it, and I'm not going to be the one to finish it. God's doing all that. See, God began a work in me when I was 17 years old, and I bowed my head, and I said, Lord Jesus Christ, I know I'm a sinner, I know I'm going to hell, will you save me? And he saved me. And he began a work in me. And he said, okay, put his name down, write it down in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm going to give him a new body. I've got to redeem him. He's going to be living in an old body until a certain, certain age when he bites the dust and goes into the grave. And when he goes in the grave, then I'll give him a new body. Until that day, I'm going to begin a work in him. And I'm confident, like Paul, of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I believe in once saved, always saved. I believe that once you're born again, you can't become unborn. You got a new father and you can't deny who your father is. You might try to deny him, but he's still your father. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. John R. Rice said this. John R. Rice said it this way, and this is a great way of saying it. He said, don't put a question mark where God put a period. Did God put a period on that? He put a period. It... Is finished. Not question mark. Period. Don't put a question mark where God put a period. Look at the last one. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. To the left. And that's our last one today. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In closing. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 6. I'm confident of this last thing. The older I get the more confident I gotta, I got to be in this. When you're young you don't think you're ever going to die. And then the older I get, I start realizing, man, I'm having to take this medicine, and then this hurts, and that hurts, and I can't run as fast as I I'm getting old. You know what happens when you start getting old? You start thinking of dying. Verse 6, Therefore, we are always confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, you're at home in the body right now, we are absent from the Lord. I'm not with the Lord right now, but we walk by faith, not by sight. I'm confident about this. We are confident, verse 8, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Guys, I'm showing you that verse to simply say we should be confident to know that when we take our last breath, we're going to wake up in the arms of Jesus. Man, that's a confidence that a lot of people don't have. See, these the last two I gave you, a lot of people, don't, they don't like these two. Because you can't be so confident as a thing that God's going to keep you and save you and keep you. And you can't be so confident, Brother Keegan, to say that you know where you're going to go when you die. Well, I do know where I'm going to go when I die. I'm going to heaven. And the reason why I'm so confident about that is because I didn't have anything to do with it. Jesus Christ did it all. See, if I was uh, relying on me to do some kind of work to get me into heaven, I would mess it up. But see, I'm like that sailor. I've got a rock named Jesus Christ, and oh, I'm clinging to that rock. You know, Brother Keegan, he's going to be fearful. Brother Keegan, he might be scared. I don't know what's going to happen when I come up to that last breath of my life, but I know one thing. I'm going to be clinging to that rock named Jesus Christ. And I know this rock has never shook, and this rock has never moved. And I'm confident that he's going to take me on home. See, I'm so stupid as to think that's where my mom's at today. I'm confident to know that the Lord took my mom home to be in heaven. I'm confident to know that a lot of my loved ones, Sister Winnie, have went on to be with the Lord, and I can't wait to get up to heaven to see him. Brother Stan Reynolds, he's up there in heaven. I'm confident to know that brother's up there. Guys, I I can't wait. It's going to be a great reunion. And I'm confident this is going to happen. You know, there's a guy named Sir Michael Faraday. He's a great scientist. He's a great Christian. And the journalist, they came and they asked him about the speculation of life after death. He was laying on his deathbed. He was about to die and a journalist came in. The journalist says, uh, what's your speculation on the life after death? This is what Brother Faraday said. He said, speculations. He goes, I know nothing about speculations. I'm resting on certainties. I know that my Redeemer liveth and because he lives. I shall live also. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me, and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at indiangapbaptist.com. Until next time upon him